Welcome to Color Forward, a podcast highlighting successful women who have overcome cultural adversity and mastered the art of resilience. This is Elisa Monjadas, producer of Color Forward. I'm so excited to be introducing you to my podcast co-founders on this first episode, Rosa Santos and Madadi Simeon. Rosa and Madadi are both HR executives at a Fortune 50 company. Rosa, originally from Spain, is VP of Talent Management and OD, ensuring that the staff has opportunities for professional growth and advancement. Miradi, originally from Puerto Rico, is VP of Diversity and Inclusion. She speaks around the U.S., inspiring women. These are both women I highly respect and admire. They'll be sharing what inspired the podcast and ways they've personally built their own resilience along their career journeys. Please welcome Rosa and Madadi. What inspired this podcast? It first started with a thought of how can we give voice to other women? So for me, it was when you walk into the room and being the only woman or many times the only multicultural woman, it's very hard to see multicultural women in executive level positions. So this is why it was so important for us to really highlight other multicultural women so that they could see themselves and know that the possibilities are there. And it doesn't matter what company you work for. There's other women out there that look like you, that are successful and that are rooting for you. And it's hard to find. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to join you both, because I've also been in that same position where I'm either the only woman or the only woman of color. Why this conversation and why now this conversation is important as well is we think that we're alone, mm-hmm. yes. right? We think that we have to do all this and we have to have this grit inside that will, you know, you power through and you'll do it. And I think we did that because more often than not, in our case, in my case, I was the only woman in the room and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, there are others who take stands and that choose to move forward in a way that not only advances themselves, but advances others. And I think that's why the conversation and learning from others and their stories is going to be so Mm -hmm. wonderful and powerful, we we believe. And we need to find an outlet to be able to provide that. We want to change the image of multicultural women, right? And we think that this is a venue to do so by showcasing the amazing, powerful, intelligent, bright women that are running their own business or executives or moms and executives or single moms, whatever it is, change the image so that other people can look. And when they think of a leader, they think of a woman. When they think of a leader, they think of a multicultural woman. But that can't be until the image of a multicultural woman is changed. And I think that this is something that we hope does for society. Hopefully we introduce people to a whole gamut of multicultural women doing amazing things. Well, let's kind of go back and start at the beginning. We'll start with you, Rosa. What are some of the cultural barriers that you've had to overcome in your career journey? I think just by the pure nature of not being from a place where you were born and raised, right? And having to be in a different context, in a different country, and having to manage through even getting yourself understood of where you come from. How old were you when you came here? 
to the US. I was 31, something like that. I was born in Spain. I grew up in between England and Spain. So I knew what that was like, but I was from moving from Spain to England and studying and then working in all over Europe. And uh, so I had also a very preconceived notion of what, you know, I thought I had it all nailed, right? Of course, I know how to manage uh, corporations and organizations and sitting who sit or which sit in different environments or cultural environments. But when I came here, I came with all those preconceptions and realizing that it was like starting from zero. And also the way that I was being seen or perceived, it wasn't what I thought even just with my name being thought to be from some very specific country that I actually had not even been in, right? So had to overcome not your own personal barriers to being in this country for me, but yeah. in a company that was very different from where I came from, but also having to conform to a mold I actually did not even know existed. That was hard. That was hard. And it took me a while to actually to get okay with that, to get okay. It's like, yeah, you might feel different, but here you have to get with the program, right? So you had other people's preconceived ideas put on you. Yeah. yeah. And was that hurtful? Was it just weird? What was it like? To be honest, I, I don't think it was hurtful. For me, I think I came into it more out of curiosity, mainly because of what I do, right? So I do organizational development and I my job is to advance people's outlooks in their careers. That's what I've always done. So I took it more out of curiosity in terms of like, wow, why am I so different? <laughs> right? Why? You know, why I'm having so much trouble having a conversation or wanting a promotion. But the more I knew about it, the easier inverted commas became to find to find ways to manage through it, right? Mm. And kind of outsmart the situation. I'm not saying that was easy, but it was kind of a survival yes. skill that you had to master. Yeah, I, I have a similar but different perspectives. I came here from Puerto Rico when I was 10 and you didn't know you were poor or diverse or anything until you came right. to the United States. And I had a different experience in the sense that I was the only Latina in my school. It was me, an African-American and a Vietnamese. Just the three of you. Just the three of us that were diverse. And um, it was survival mode. So it was in, in a different perspective. I mean, I had to fight every day. Every day I got jumped because I was Latina. And till this day, I'm still friends with those other two girls. But I was sent back to Puerto Rico because I got expelled out of every school because I came out of survival I was just like, um, it ain't going down like that. And that has helped me in some ways kind of be resilient um, to everything else. Because when I moved back to the United States, you know, people have this preconceived notion of who you are and who you yeah. should be. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to escape poverty. I'm not going to be like everybody else. And I remember applying for a scholarship and one of my teachers said, you're just going to end up pregnant on drugs like all the other girls in here, the Latinas, because by this time we have moved to a more minority area. And I remember there was just that one teacher, Miss Jackie Bolden, um, African-American teacher, who saw something in me that I didn't see. And it was that right there 
that she had the conversation with me. She's like, yeah, you could end up like this, but this is the potential. This is what I see in you. This is the fighter that I see in you that you could use in a different way. This is the resiliency. So I look at it as anytime people put a challenge in front of me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to do it because it's that's just who I am. I took the negative and I made it into a positive. And I think the reason why I want to be a voice to others because somebody was a voice for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how awesome that you had someone who saw that potential in you and taught you to reframe your situation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If she didn't reframe it, who knows? I would have been that statistic that that other teacher was very used to yeah. seeing on, you know, Latina yeah. immigrant women. Mm-hmm. That's part of why we wanted to create this. You know, whatever you want to do is possible. Yes. I think thinking about the choices that you have, you know, maybe doing a little bit of a looking forward in terms of the consequences or implications of each of the choices that will bring to you, uh, you can do that. You don't have to jump into the first thing that comes your way. Even if I bring it back to the workplace, they come with a promotion to you and you have to be grateful because it's a pro- Well, maybe, maybe not. Is that what you really want? And what other things could you be exploring that are not just that one and you jump onto it right so it's it's about the choices that we're making and then assessing is that the right choice for me based on what I want to do or based on what I want to uh, want to achieve and you said something important you said uh, you know you're given a promotion or and you're thinking oh I should be appreciative when sometimes we should be thinking, I earned that, number one. <laughs> I am that damn good. Yeah. And it took you that long to recognize it. And I'm not saying not be humble, but what I'm saying is somebody, sometimes in the environment that we grew up in, we're told uh, you should be happy for what you mm-hmm. got. When in reality is, right. you know, I earned this. I worked hard for it. I deserve it. Um, so it's almost like we want to make sure yeah. that people in all levels of their social economic, you know, doing very well or not doing very well is there are examples of women of color out there in yeah. all spectrums who are fighting a different battle every day, but it can be done regardless of your environment. Right. And I think this is what we want this podcast to do, to get to hear others on how they've managed through, you know, some of those challenges that have been put in front of them how they've been able in the same way that we yeah. have we've had to right in our own way mm-hmm. and you also Absolutely. at least uh, really overcome and own and then bounce out of that quickly and build this what we call the resiliency muscle to be able to then continue to be determined and moving forward we talk a lot about resiliency I mean, that's part of our mission and our mm-hmm. vision and the women that we're planning to interview what are some practical tips that you two could think of right. to help people understand, well, first of all, what is resiliency and what are what does that actually look like in the day-to-day? I believe in the day-to-day, it starts with you and taking care of yourself um, because the world throws a lot of things at you, whether it is you're in a meeting and they call that your child is sick and you got to take a flight back, (laughs) or that your elderly parent is sick, or you have a big project that you got to do. There's a million things that get thrown at you, but if you are not physically able to bounce back, it, it takes even a bigger toll on you. So I believe taking care of you on the day-to-day helps when this big mountains just appear or this big 
rocks just get thrown at you. Because you got to be able to kind of um, switch the mode, right? And be able to bounce back quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you don't take care of yourself, it'll be it'll be harder. And, and you know, yeah. as, as women, we always take care of everybody oh, else. And I found that, and you know, my own personal experience, taking care of my family, taking care of everybody else, then when I get sick, it's like the world crumbles. crumbles and it, it's not fair to everybody else around you. It's not fair to yourself that you're not taking care of you. Yeah. Because then if you can't fulfill your dreams, it's really because you chose to put yourself last. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, this reminded me many, many years ago. I was being coached. Um, I was going through a rough time and this guy said to me, Rosa, you have to think that you're in an airplane that is going down. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to put the mask on first yes. before That's you right. can actually help others. Because if you're not well, and by that what I mean is not that you have to get sick or anything yeah. like that, but it's particularly for us in this community, we need to make sure that you know, we're worth our while, mm-hmm. you know, that, as you said, for that promotion, you work bloody hard to get that yeah, promotion. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, so, so when we talk about resiliency, it really is about that is how are you checking in what works for you? And, and also, however you think of what the mask is for you, and how quickly you need to inhale the oxygen and move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 really is it and sometimes is and i say a lot many times let it go right let it go sometimes we also we love to carry all the baggage ruminate oh my massage God. the baggage, baggage. <laughs> yeah you know and then give me another one and i'll carry it because you know i'm that great like no 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 it's but that's travel so light. important yeah, that's <laughs> right? so important travel i think light, i like that even just how you do that, right? Because it's easy to say just inhale. But like for me, like when you said carry the baggage, a lot of times we are not taking care of ourselves mentally because we are the ones speaking negative to ourselves. But one of the things we forget is that we are listening. So it's like, I'm tired. I can't do this. How many times are we going to say that to ourselves, yet we can do it? I think from an emotional perspective is how are you ensuring that you're taking care of whatever it is special to you. So in my case, is my husband and my children. So what is it that I'm doing so emotionally I don't have to be so stressed out? Right. right? And then from a, a physical perspective, and research shows this, is what al- allows you to bounce back is how are you doing physically. When people get sick or stressed out is how you're doing physically. And then obviously the the one that is my foundation is spiritually. How How is my spiritual life so that I, I am able to do all those things? Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Yeah. If you're not in line with who you need to be, it affects everybody, including yourself. And yeah. you should make yourself a priority, which is Absolutely. probably most women's What weakness. I find is if, if I'm really stressed or something is going bad, I'm not doing good in one of those. And I have to go back and check. How am I taking care of myself? Mary is really organized. <laughs> <laughs> Everything fucking flags. I just got a lot of things. <laughs> but I'm, it not, can't I'm be not done. like that. I'm actually not like that. How are you, Rosa? No, because I, I, I guess for me the bucketing doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love yeah. that it works for you, yeah. and then you're like, oh, you know, I, I'm not a spiritual person, right? I'm not, I'm not. And for me, for instance, is is very much about being able to 
catch what comes at me, whatever it might be, catching it and and then put it aside, mm. right? Is that ability of like coming in, catching it and putting it aside. But when do you deal with it? There are some things that I don't deal with because I don't have to deal with Maybe them. putting them in their proper place, it, either addressing exactly. them when they come yeah. or yeah, realizing putting, they're not exactly, something that exactly. you need to be dealing with. And that's what place. I meant by like not carrying them, but yes. just put them aside. You might have to go back yeah. and, you know, you may have to have a conversation, but whatever it might be or, yeah. or checking in with yourself or, or whatever you might do. But there are things, especially when we're at work, and, and especially when something happens that, you know, is pissing you off. And, yeah. and it might be because you're a woman. It might be, I don't know, yeah. or for whatever reason. Again, I go back to this idea of making choices. Either I make the choice there and to stay and dwell on this thing forever. Or do I actually catch it and put it aside and continue to be determined. And I think having a clear roadmap of what it is that you want to do, it, it helps, right? It helps Absolutely. because then you can discern and then you can kind of discriminate yeah. against what you want to allow you to be who you want to be. I love it. Right? But I would love to be as organized as you yeah. are. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can fundamentalize that way. I would love it. I think it. to your point is, you know, putting it aside. So for you, putting it aside for me is, okay, God, you deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I got other things that I got to take care of. But everybody, de but that's the beauty of it. Everybody deals with it differently. Um, so my formula may not work for others. I mean... She's a very successful woman and she deals with it differently. And I think it's important that the audience knows that, right? We all have different ways of dealing with it. If there's anything that they catch from this is whatever works for you. You may have something, mm. you may pick one thing from you and right. one thing from me. But it's important for us to be able to share what those things are. Mm -hmm. So whatever works for them. Right. And if there's anything that works for them out there, let us know. We'll be more than glad to have you on, <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> So I want to change subjects and ask, what rules have you broken in your career? A lot of times women feel, and I can speak to this personally, I feel like I have to follow these rules that society or my parents or my friends, my community put on me, and I operate according to those rules. Those rules don't always serve me. They don't always serve you. What are some rules that you think are are meant to be broken and which ones have you broken yourselves? Being younger, being able to be the first one to move away from the family. That's huge for Latinos, right? Yeah. <laughs> you stay with your family forever. And so <laughs> being able to move. I think even another rule when um, that teacher that was helping me, she got me the internship in a corporation and she came back and she's like, I want, you know, you should go to school and trying to guide me to go and be a teacher. And I was like, no, I want to, now that you uncover this part about me, I want to be able to do this, right? So doing something else, right, than the person that's helping you out. And then I would say the other one is having courage, even when I was afraid. We are taught, hey, if it's not meant to be, it's not going to be. At least Latinos say that, right? Si pati si no, no, right? And what I would say is, for me, being spiritual, when God opens the doors, you still have to walk through them. So you still have to work for it, right? But when you walk through, you still got to be able to recognize, right, that, yeah, I worked hard. I deserve mm -hmm. this. 
he opened the doors and I went and I took the chance. I think there's a lot of religion Latinos who are just like, you know, hey, if it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be. Yeah, well, the door's already open. You just need to walk through it. So I think from that perspective, being able to break the rules when it comes to what maybe in the Latino community would be knowing your place. Instead, it's like recognizing the opportunity. Yeah. Like I'll give you an example. When I went to work in Latin America, they were all men from different countries and they did not appreciate having a woman in a leadership situation, kind of trying to run the business in the way that it should be. And I went against everything that society was saying for me to do at that moment. And I took a risk, a very high risk in my career, but I felt that if I didn't do that, I was not being honest to myself. And I also felt that having that resiliency in my younger life mm. really helped me in that moment to be like, uh, no, I don't think so. I earned to be here and I'm going to prove it. When it comes culturally, those are really hard ones. So I think those were probably the big ones that come up. And as being a woman, there's probably a whole bunch, but we need time for Rosa. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I was just being Latina. <laughs> um, it's funny because for me, because I am not religious, right? I don't yeah. have a religion and, and I don't have that bucket in my life. Um, maybe I need it. I don't know. But for me, I think breaking the rule for me is or has always been is about I create the opportunity. Mm. Right. I can't wait for anybody else to create the opportunity for me. And I always tell this story when I finished college, which actually was my second degree, that that was another rule because you're supposed to finish and do something else. And I chose to actually go do something that my parents are like, and, and I did sociology and politics and it's like, what are you going to do with that? And you're in your mid twenties. And, and I said like, you do watch, right? Because so, so the opportunity that I created was, and there was a time where there was no cell phone, uh, <laughs> there was no internet, but I created an internship for myself and I called over a hundred companies out of a telephone booth when those existed. A telephone booth in... You may in, have to describe it for an audience. In England, where I was residing at the time, right after finishing school, and I literally, I called over a hundred companies one by one for hours on end. I had to collect tons of the equivalent of quarters I don't know how many hundreds of them to be able to continue I can to. just imagine you foggy oh London yes. and a red phone booth in a red phone booth that was making those with calls back, making those calls and calling and making cold calls telling them what I could do for them and, wow. and uh, why they should create this and I found somebody who thought like wow come on over. And I went to, to this company called Lucas The Lights in uh, Lucas Varices. is a famous light racing and all kinds of other technology company and uh, up in Birmingham. And I, I showed up and two days after and <laughs> knocked on the door. That's amazing. And from then on. But, but, but that's why for me it's yes, important that's to resilience say like, right there. you Absolutely. have to create the opportunity, right? And, and not wait Sometimes you're lucky and somebody has it for you. But then, as you said, you have to prove it that it was meant for you however way, right? But some other times, it's, you just have to go and create it for, for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The rebel in me loves that there are rules to be broken here. I think 
for me, it's always been about not following the paths that other people have for me. Uh, I've had several bosses who have wanted me to take on the companies after them and pass them on to me, which sound like amazing opportunities. And I've said no a couple of times because it wasn't the direction that I wanted to go in. So I carved my own path. So we're going to be hearing from a lot of other women what rules they've broken. Uh, Thank you both for being on the hot seat today. Are you ready to be in the interviewer's chair for the next episode? (laughs) Thank you. Talk soon. Yes. Thank you, Alisa. That was HR executives Rosa Santos and Merari Simeon. For more inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram. We are at Color Forward Pod. I'm Elisa Monjadis, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us, and please leave us a review.